Welcome to the Infrastructure Podcast. My name is Anthony Oliver, and today's discussion will focus on the power of public infrastructure, examining how investment in new and renewed assets can radically change lives and create huge additional social value to improve communities. Um, The phrase levelling up has become something of a catch-all when it comes to UK public infrastructure investment. It's a way to spread the nation's wealth beyond London and the South East, a way to redistribute opportunity towards long-forgotten communities, or perhaps a means to access the skills and hidden talent currently overlooked across the nation. So essentially, it's all about creating focus on the social outcomes. It's about thinking beyond the usual obsession around economic benefit to actually judge the value of interventions on the way they impact real people's lives. And here we're talking about benefits such as better health and learning outcomes, uh, greater access to housing and transport, uh, reducing carbon emissions, and maybe even increasing community cohesion. Achieving this so-called social dividend is now increasingly critical Uh, for any organisation or business hoping to succeed in the public infrastructure arena. Social outcomes must be both top of mind and perhaps more importantly, a genuine ambition. So to help us understand a bit more about this vital issue uh, and the power of public infrastructure, it's my pleasure to welcome Michelle DeFranca, Managing Director in uh, UK and Ireland at Bechtel Infrastructure. Michelle, welcome to the Infrastructure Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, Michelle, uh, the concept of levelling up a social dividend, uh, delivering greater social value from infrastructure investment has grown over the last few years, and it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, as I explained. Um, what does it mean to you? It's about economic, environmental and social well-being for all. It really is about leaving things better performing in a way that is positive and supports the community where you're working, really just delivering for people, no matter where they live. In the UK, levelling up is often seen as a north-south divide, um, particularly because historically there's been less investment in infrastructure for the north. But it's really about the divide also between urban and rural areas. So it's not just a north-south challenge. So, you know, from our perspective, it's about everything we could possibly do to achieve benefit for people that are impacted, affected or recipients of infrastructure. Okay, so so there's a a lot going on there. And I suppose the the next question I've got in mind is is why has uh, the creation of social value alongside economic value risen up the public agenda so rapidly recently? Well, I think it's... um, I think because the economic terms are often just quite finite, but in real terms, what matters is how people uh, experience those impacts and how you're best placed to actually make that social change, which is far more long lasting and actually is a real investment in people as opposed to necessarily a commercial outcome. Sometimes that's hard to measure. In fact, it's probably the exact kind of work you want to do things in in terms of social value where you can't measure the benefit that you bring to the community they just recognize that they're they're gaining more more skills or more opportunities simply by being within proximity of 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 some of these major uh, infrastructure programs i mean it's not presumably it's not that we have not been doing it in the past it's just that it's uh something we're now measuring more is that right then I think some firms have been really active in the space, whereas, um, you know, now that it's effectively 
part of the regulation, part of public procurement requirements in order to actually, it's our license to operate. So in order for us to bid and win work, we as responsible uh, parties within the market and the sector really have to demonstrate how what we do, how we execute, and what we're actually building will ultimately benefit the communities where, they, where, where they're where um, executed. So we want to achieve these outcomes. Our customers want it, our communities want it, and it gives us a sense of purpose. Yeah. So, so are there particular roles that uh, you know the the the, the public uh, sector clients or uh, the the private sector delivery organisations uh, have in driving forward uh, that desired social outcome? You know, how do you define those roles? So, I would start to say that both when government and business come together and we're aligned on the fact that this actually really matters, that's when we'll see real change because we're all focused on the same outcomes and the same benefits. So I have to say that um, the government having, you know, stepped forward to to really influence market behavior, both through the Social Value Act, as well as the Procurement Policy Note 6 of 20, um, those are things that are driving behaviors of the whole market. And we're all stepping up and we're all trying to do even better than that. Um, and I think we're seeing from, from a business perspective, our talent, our, um, our people want to be involved in things that matter. It's important to our customers. It's important to our communities. So I think it's, it's the convergence of those two forces, I think, will be really impactful. I don't think one is more important than the other, of course. Well, it's interesting you talk about the, uh, the community, you talk about the private sector, you talk about the government. And, and, you know, that brings to mind a phrase that I've heard at Bechtel, which is around this one team approach where you're trying to, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always thought you're trying to engage all parts of the supply chain, the local community, the client, the design and delivery process to actually uh, raise the level of what that outcome that's delivered. I mean, is that the way you describe the one team approach? You know, and if so, you know, how does it give that greater social value outcome? I, I agree. I mean, that's probably a good summation of it. But in short, really, what drives action is understanding the challenge. So once you can articulate the problem statement, you start to determine activities and actions that will lead you to solving that problem statement. Um, and for us, the one team approach is vital in order to meet the following problem statement. That is, our infrastructure customers, often publicly funded, need to get more value. So effectively, they need more for less. Budgets are tight. They want to see real benefit and they want to see real confidence in the way we execute and the outcomes for the communities and for the taxpayer. So when you see that as being the challenge, being, you know, this one team approach is exactly what we need to work with our customers, the supply chain, in order to really focus all of our attentions and, and to try to draw the best solutions from all those parties. So we really do achieve the outcomes that that resolve the problem statement. So you're, you're all trying to make a profit. You're all trying to deliver uh, the, the, the best you can for the limited amount of public uh, the expenditures available. But you're all driving in the same direction, essentially. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you can eliminate the, the friction of, uh, of different uh, objectives, then you really do see this re- effective uh, execution, effective approach. Um, you see real success in projects. And, you know, never more have we faced uh, such significant challenges as we do now with the energy security challenges that we're facing. 
And, you know, if we're really committed to establishing a cleaner, greener world, we all need to be focused on things like this and, and really kind of see ourselves as active participants in, in resolving these challenges. So, yeah, that means driving down carbon as well as driving down costs. It means improving exactly. air quality. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're also a... Uh, at Bechtel, you're a, you know, a full-service EPC contractor. Uh, you, know, you do the end-to-end stuff. Um, I mean, how does that make delivery of social value easier? So I think one of our, our benefits is to have that insight into what it takes to deliver each aspect of the value chain. So whether that's planning, design, um, construction, management of all those activities, experience that we've been able to draw upon in our 125-year history has allowed us to really leverage the best lessons. Um, and I think we're able then to really see the opportunities at each point on the value chain. But more than that, I think having that keen understanding enables a better sense of communication across that supply chain. And then it's about articulating the benefit that cumulatively each of these participants could, could bring um, to any project. Uh, and I think people people want to work together on these things. It's the easy way to align a team yeah. because we all agree it's a it's a good right, idea yeah, yeah. and it's the right thing to do. Well, what, one of the key aspects um, of this social value uh, driving social value is creating local employment. Um, I mean, what would you say are the greatest hurdles for the infrastructure sector when it comes to um, achieving that greater local recruitment? Because you know a lot of the businesses are. They're nationally based. You know, they 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 drive out of a central central uh, hub, so to speak. You know, how do you get into the local communities to drive that local recruitment? So, one issue is that where there isn't clarity on a pipeline of work, it is difficult for firms like my own and and others in the supply chain to plan where we need to develop build teams. Uh, and, and actually hire locally. So when there's further clarity on which projects will be launched at which time, we will be able to respond more effectively to that. Um, it is difficult. I think we can do more in skills building. I think people are dissuaded by thinking that construction is quite a closed environment, particularly diverse candidates. It's not. It's actually one of the industries where you can absolutely learn on the job and there's great opportunities to enter through uh, returner schemes, apprenticeships, um, uh, you know, we could go on. It just really is yeah, a, yeah, yeah. an opportunity for people to get engaged. Now, there's a number of programs that we've been able to launch in certain projects and in regions, um, but it is about connecting to the community and being active. So I think, you know, reaching out to local colleges, uh, universities, if that's applicable, um, you know, engaging with community groups, uh, thinking about in your planning phase how you very you know how you would like to bring that local workforce into play is key, and then really actioning that. And I think we're all getting better at it um, as an industry, yeah. um, but but absolutely we can always do more. And I think it's to the benefit of the project. But I suppose it's being seen by the communities part of a solution and not a problem that's being brought to that area. Yes. I mean, in some cases, that's exactly the case. Oftentimes, construction can cause a bit of disruption. Um, but we need to recognize that we can actively counter that by making people part of the whole program. Um, it's in their backyard. It affects them. But they, if, if they're part of it, they understand why and how. And uh, I think there's also a sense of ownership um, and a sense of kind of uh, community that's enhanced by the fact that we're all 
doing this to to achieve a certain aim and um you know we're invested as much as they okay. are so we're talking about we've talked about um getting better outcomes we talked about building skills in local communities suppose one of the third perhaps element is driving towards uh lower carbon towards net zero um i mean that i imagine for you is also part of this social value uh objective i mean is that truly achievable um given that infrastructure quite often is one of the major contributors to emissions oh gosh that that's a big question um i would say it has to be achievable um and uh and we have to we have to kind of collaboratively work across the sector to make it so i think we recognize as an enterprise that it is never going to be one technology and it's never going to be one solution delivered at a particular time point in time it is a continuation a journey and a leveraging of multiple technologies to achieve that outcome but i have to believe that is possible but i think it's also about recognizing that everything counts so on our projects where we have um active project team members working with our customers working with our communities to enhance uh even relatively small programs for uh greener spaces or uh recycling efforts all those things matter and i think it's if every participant if every stakeholder had the same kind of everything i can do every little bit does count in this sense um i really do feel we're going to move the needle um but it's going to take time and it's going to take us uh, leveraging the technologies we have today the ones that are in the pipeline and then also working hard to try and develop uh things in the future certainly i know that's something which is um, high on the list on the agenda of stuff to do at bechtel anyway um let's talk a bit about you michelle you you originally studied economics and law in south africa i mean what what brought you to infrastructure and the uk so i uh, i came to the uk because i i really wanted to just broaden my experience and i joined bechtel on the tube lines project in 2005 and i remember joining the team and thinking i'm so over my head um <laughs> it's a completely new environment but i actually think construction uh is one of the friendliest places one of the friendliest sectors to work it, it feels like people do want to attract people they do want people to to stay and grow and learn and i learned so much uh and i think a willingness to kind of say well i'm i'm not this is my background but i'm prepared to really lean in and and you know gain this experience and um uh you know offer to do different roles that perhaps wasn't in my original career plan um i think it's really helped me get a broad perspective uh, i really enjoy infrastructure i love the fact that we're doing things that change communities we're doing things that uh enable uh communities i think you know things you can see and touch and you could take your children to go see whether that's an airport or well, yeah, a, a yeah. station or it's a it's um it's pretty inspiring mm-hmm. and it's it's like a testament to the collaborative working of many 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 people and many organizations to a common goal Uh, and that's always lovely to see. I mean you you've also worked on some major international projects. I mean the the Hamad International Airport in Qatar, uh I think you led the commercial management of that multi-billion dollar passenger terminal complex. I mean is is it those kind of big projects that that's kept you at Bechtel? I'd say no. It's not the the big projects are great, but it's the people without a doubt. Um I think we love a challenge 
the ability to move, the ability to learn new things, to enter new sectors, to challenge myself, um, lots of support, lots of learning and development. It's an ongoing project. Um, I think that that's been the thing that's really kept me here. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, my time with Bechtel and I, I hope I'll, I'll be here for a while still. I'm just lucky enough to work with great people doing pretty outstanding things in some amazing places in the world. Right. So, so, so it's the people that makes it special. Yeah, so over the last 13 or 14 years, you've, you've held a number of senior roles. I mean, you've, you've headed, headed up the aviation uh, sector, the transport sector. You're now leading the UK infrastructure division. I mean, how are your challenges changing? Um, particularly, I suppose, as, as a woman um, in a very male-dominated environment there. I think that the challenge is to really draw more diversity into the industry. I think it's, a, it's to the benefit of the industry. Um, we want to represent the communities that we serve. Um, and I think that that is a big challenge. And it's not so much about gender, but about um, acceptance of any number of different uh, ethnicities, um, of, of backgrounds, uh, experience. And I think that is the challenge that we all face as an industry. How do we make this accessible, exciting place where anyone who works hard and is committed can, can thrive? So I think that that, that's the, probably the critical point there. I don't think yeah. it is a male dominated industry for now, but we're working on that, of course. Mm. I mean, is that, is that, is that a challenge which is similar whether you're working in the infrastructure sector in the UK, as it is as, as you're working in the U, in, in in the infrastructure sector in I don't know Saudi or you're working in um, uh, I, I don't know in in Qatar or, or or any other part of the world are they those, those challenges around diversity are the same around the world? Um, they are and they aren't right. So so across the world we're still seeing a male dominated industry. Um, we're, we're, there's different cultural drivers for some of the diversity. Um, challenges we might face in different regions. And I think we accept, as I think, you know, we should, that each place, each region, each project needs a bespoke solution in order to draw people into that project and to, to, to attract talent and hold on to talent and, and develop them. Um, so I think, you know, we've got, we've got bespoke programs, particularly for places like Saudi, um, where we have done an outstanding job. Uh, in really hiring some fantastically talented Saudi women to an already amazing team of um, of Saudi uh, professionals, so uh, I think it's about recognizing we need uh, to to bring everyone in in order to really thrive as a project, but also uh, as a business. Okay, um, has there been a seminal moment in your career um, that's really shaped uh, that development? Um, gosh, I'm trying to think if there was one. It's probably been a few. I might just pick one. <laughs> I remember um, the day that one of our major programs opened and people used it and you could actually see everything that you'd worked on for years. And these programs obviously take a very long time kind of become so integral to other people's use experience um, and and kind of access, right, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's incredibly rewarding um, in a way that is hard to explain. And I think, you know, from that point on, I, I kind of recognized this is powerful what we do and um, the things that we can bring and the changes we can make uh, is, is pretty awesome. And so uh, I think that that to me kind of 
cemented my belief that, you know, if we have a good, you know, we have a good team, we have projects with purpose, um, we do good while we're building. Uh, I think I think that that's that's pretty magical. Yeah. And I, um, yeah. No, 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 and and it underlines that point around the social value that you create uh, along the way. They're expensive. There's a lot of money going on in, into them, but they're around for a long while, and they impact a huge number of people's lives. So, uh, um, I mean, you now live in London, um, although you all do seem to be travelling a lot. Um, I mean, what do you do to take your mind off the pressures of work? Um, a lot of family stuff, I imagine. Yes, yeah. So I have three children who um, serve as the management team at my house. So um, <laughs> I, I, I'm a worker there too. Um, but it's I'm I'm incredibly lucky to have them. Uh, any kind of free time I have, it's to spend with my family, who I really enjoy. And um, we live in a lovely city. London is fantastic, and um, we're able to really kind of explore together. And that to me is uh, best time spent fantastic well good time with you at the moment to be doing it in the sunshine um let's talk about some specifics you're working on a range of projects at bechtel around the world right now um can you give us some examples that really demonstrate you know how investment actually leads to greater social value sure so so we've got you know there's many rail jobs and you know big programs like crossrail have lots of references to some of the incredible social value that they've brought um, we have um, a role on Sellafield uh, site and our team there is doing an outstanding job working with our customer to really engage with the community. Everything from, I think we've got 13 programs running um, and it includes access to, you know, speaking at schools to promote STEM, supporting um uh, unemployment, uh, community groups uh, to support uh, the broader community uh, in less advantaged areas. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of outreach. Um, and it's really, it's it's not only inspiring the team, it's inspiring the business uh, at large and, and, and also the, the whole area. Um, abroad, we've got um, Bechtel uh, is a joint venture partner with Anchor, and we completed Kosovo's first two motorways in 2019, Route 6 and Route 7. And together, those motorways created a transport corridor from Kosovo's border with Albania via its capital to border northern Macedonia. So this has boosted trade, promoted economic growth, and enhanced connectivity throughout the Balkans uh, and, and through to Western Europe. Um, and so at peak, Route 6 was the largest employer in Kosovo. So 80% of the workforce were Kosovan, and the local subcontractors completed around 70% of the work. So there's a direct impact on a significant proportion um, of that local community. Um, the supply chains were built around what was available there um, and to serve future infrastructure projects in the region. So try to use those opportunities to develop um, long-term economic uh, vitality in, uh, in Kosovo. Um, and in addition, local employees received almost 100,000 hours of training. So there was a great push to, to share skills uh, so that you know they're empowered to do further work and, and pursue um, yeah. a career in, in construction. Yeah, some great outcomes there on 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 on, um, on both those examples. And I suppose there's also a good way that you you actually are trying to measure it as you go along. You're measuring what those uh, impacts are, so you're actually able to say, well, okay, we deliver that, uh, and we can measure that and, and understand. So having measured that, I mean, do do you actually also have to spend time working out? 
um, from, a, I suppose, a, a, a micro level, perhaps rather than a macro level, you know, what communities actually want when it comes to uh, improving their lives? So, I mean, addressing first the, the issue of measurement, um, while most regions don't have a formal way of measuring social value beyond, you know, if I can identify an economic value associated with it, um, the UK, in fact, does. Um, there are a number of sources we could use, but um, commonly using the national TOMS or TOMs um, framework. So that stands for themes, outcomes and measures. And that helps us provide a minimum reporting standard um, to help buyers measure and justify the pursuit of social value. So, th so that's helpful in the UK. I think it really helps us articulate what all these actions and all these programs and initiatives can achieve. Um, the second question about how do you assess what people need is, is a good one. Um, and oftentimes it's something we have to agree and, and should agree with our customers and, and the community that the project is um, located in. And, and, you know, typically there's broad themes associated with them. So in some projects it's employment and others are skills. Sometimes combination of things. Sometimes it's very much environmental, um, and so it's about engaging. Okay, um, I mean it's, it's interesting and and very challenging, I imagine, to get those all those things right. Um, I just wanted to finish just by getting your view. You know, having started off by asking you what it's all about. What does success really look like when it comes to social dividend and driving social value? And we've talked about some examples of where where, where you've achieved it. You know, but what does real success look like uh, because it's quite often you know you've mentioned some ways of measuring but how does it look um, actually on the ground? I think it's probably more about how it feels to the people in those communities than, than, it, than it looks and I think if people in those communities are pleased um, with the, um, the program that they've been kind of living next to, neighbour to um, or within that region uh, then, then we've done well. And I think if we leave any place uh, having completed a project better than when we arrived, and not just the infrastructure we built, obviously just the broader community and the people that have been impacted by it, then I think we've we've done well. But I think it's also it can we almost never need to be perfect because we must constantly strive to do just a little bit more and a little bit better um, and learn from each other. Um, you know, lucky enough to work in a profession where there's lots of creative, innovative, super smart uh, people who are thinking about how we can do things better, cleaner, greener, more effective and, and more positive for the community. And so as we see different projects take leads, we should um, and will be working together across the broader infrastructure sector to make sure that we're all, we're all better and, and we raise the bar. Great, Michelle, that's a fantastic point to end on there. Really positive and, and I think uh, certainly demonstrates what you're really trying to achieve and in many cases are achieving there at Bechtold. So thanks so much, Michelle, for uh, uh, joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an important topic and, uh, and yeah, we hope to check in and, and show some more great examples of how we're all working towards uh, this worthy uh, goal. Brilliant. 
thanks so much for joining me. I agree, it is an incredibly, incredibly important topic and something which I know that uh, people like you are really driving forward. So thanks very much for sharing your experiences. As I say, it's all we've got time for today, but um, we will have more from the Infrastructure Podcast uh, and more guests to talk to uh, over the next few uh, weeks and months as we continue to probe the big issues faced across the sector. If you haven't done so already, do check out the Infrastructure Podcast website, www.infrastructure-podcast.com, where you'll find background links uh, to some of the issues discussed today and all the latest podcasts to listen to and to share with colleagues. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks again to my guest today, Michelle. I look forward to seeing you again very soon.